Hi friends, I'm Katie Brinkley and you're listening to Rocky Mountain Marketing. With nearly two decades helping business owners, consultants, and coaches with their digital marketing, I know that social media can be an incredible tool to grow your business when you know how to do it the right way. And that's what we're going to do today. I teach you how to navigate the world of entrepreneurship and digital marketing, and hopefully you'll grow your business with a few great tips you wouldn't have known otherwise, and maybe even discover a great local business you love. Let's dive into today's episode. I'm sitting down today with a very good friend. He and I have been running around in the same circles for years now, and I feel like, man, did we meet back in Clubhouse? I feel like we might have first come across each other back in the Clubhouse days. You know, we're both very active in the podcast world. And then back in early 2023, this amazing guest asked me to be a part of his newest book, 100 Live Streaming and Digital Media Predictions. He was one of our featured speakers at Social Profit Lab back in early 2023. And we've been at different podcasting events together. You can always catch him live streaming on one of the social media channels. And that means that today's guest is none other than Ross Brand. Ross actually connects brands, startups, and customers through live video. In this world of AI, I feel like we're seeing so much computer doing our work and showing up on social media. What Ross is doing with video, I think is going to be extremely valuable for all businesses and creators in 2024 and beyond, because there's going to be the need for us to show up. When you can deep fake yourself and do digital clones and have AI right for you, showing up through live video, through video podcasting, live streaming is going to be so valuable. So I brought in the the live streaming expert himself, Ross Brand, to join us on today's episode. Ross, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. Thanks for contributing to the book and and its success and promoting it and everything. I really appreciate having you as one of our contributors and look for an yeah. invite coming soon for book number four. Oh, man, <laughs> how do you find the time to write all these I books? Know. I mean, you're you're constantly, <laughs> like I said, no matter when I'm logging into social media, I feel like I either see an advertisement that you're getting ready to go live or you are currently <laughs> live. You are always live streaming. <laughs> well, I try to make the most of the things that I do too. I don't know if I'm as active as maybe that you think I am, but I'm pretty active and I'm actually doing a lot more now as getting ready for the new version of the book and so forth. So I want to obviously be current on the different platforms and the different types of content that people are doing. Well, and I think that with live streaming, like I said during the intro, I think that it's going to be extremely important in this world of AI because you can't replicate this. You can't replicate the ahs, exactly. the ums, the awkwardness, anything that happens with live streaming. I feel like we're going to like even short form video, people are starting to automate and have AI come in and help with. But when you live stream and you show up on video, video podcasting, like what we're doing now, all of that is going to really move the needle for so many creators going forward. Well, your competitive advantage is being Katie. So you can't really outsource that. Everything else you can outsource probably, but your competitive advantage is you, your personality, what you bring to the table, 
your unique knowledge, the way you relate to people. And that's something that AI can't do for most people who are in this type of creator field. They just can't do it as well as a, a human can do it. In terms of like speeding your time to market on getting your show notes done or, you know, researching topic ideas or doing an outline for a show or a video or whatever, AI can be wonderfully helpful, but it, you have to bring your own personality and your own life experiences. Otherwise you just have very general content and that doesn't separate why somebody should work with you or me versus somebody else. Yeah. And you know, I, I love AI and I was not planning on having this, this podcast be about AI, but I mean, I love AI and the way that it can help you, but exactly like what you said, there's certain th the human side of your business. So for people that might be listening and they haven't been willing to go into video in long, into long form video, what advice would you give them as they get started and why should they embrace live video for their business in 2024? Well, I would say that video is the scroll stopper on socials. If you look at the social platforms where people spend their time, particularly platforms like Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, even Pinterest, and more and more so on X slash Twitter, I mean, video is the scroll stopper. And even if you're a podcaster, if you're able to take your content, just turn that video camera on. Even if you don't publish the entire video, whatever 30-second clip you want to put out there to make people aware of your podcast and as well aware of your business, your services, and all that, the video is just what's going to catch attention an audiogram or an audio clip with a photo or a couple of moving images just isn't as compelling as something that has the creator in it. And yeah. it really doesn't have to be complicated. Just turn on your video camera, use 30 seconds of it or a minute of it to promote. You can either get rid of the rest of it or you can put parts of it on YouTube or you can put the whole thing on YouTube as a video or some of the alternative video platforms as well. Just getting started is the first, it's the first hurdle you have to overcome. But with what you just said, you can use part of it. You can use the whole thing. When I started in 2023, I'd been uploading my podcast in video format to YouTube for like maybe a year and a half. I had like maybe 40 subscribers. Mm -hmm. But then in 2023, we started implementing, uploading the full video of this podcast to YouTube, we've done shorts every single day, sometimes twice a day with clips of the podcast. And man, I'm so close. So if you don't subscribe on YouTube, please do it. But I'm at 988 subscribers on YouTube now in one year, which I think considering it took me, you know, a year and a half to get 40 subscribers to now it's so close to a thousand subscribers over on YouTube, just because I've implemented shorts I think that has been a huge game changer. I'm noticing that my YouTube yeah. videos are, are increased now because some of the shorts link back to the longer form video. I think that that is such a, a great idea with incorporating the short clips from your video podcast. Absolutely. And when you said the other part of the, the thing that you mentioned, why live streaming? 
-hmm. Well, because the time to market for getting your video created is essentially the time that you are live streaming. If you do a 25 minute live stream, you've got 25 minutes of content then you can work with. Whereas if you're doing a video that you're going to create and then upload and edit and do all that, you're looking, and I'm not saying you, you don't edit it at all, but the editing generally is pretty quick when you do a live stream, you clean up the front, the back, maybe something in the middle that didn't work, or there was a, <laughs> you know, technical glitch. But in general, I'm just cutting off the countdown or the play in music when you're live until you're really on, and I'm cutting out the end after you say goodbye, you play your outro, and then there's that extra few seconds that, you know, it, it continues going. And that's basically it. And then you've got this content. I can make shorts out of it. I can make, you know, individual YouTube videos out of it, or I can post, I can upload the entire thing, or I can just leave it on YouTube. And over time in the replay, there'll be more and more people watching it. Or I can, yeah. or we can do what we're doing here, which is essentially live to tape. We're not live streaming this, but we're, we're doing it as though it were live. Because yeah. the idea is that you're not going to spend time creating a video through editing techniques and all that. You're going to take the recording of this and basically cut what you don't want. And the rest is a finished product. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I just don't think as creators who are entrepreneurs and everything, we have the time. And I don't know that the audience demands it. They don't mind if there's an hour ah or an um or a mistake or something. What they really want to do is spend time with a real person for 20 minutes or a half an hour or an hour or whatever it is. It's not saying be sloppy or unprofessional, but being human is okay. If you're doing a how-to video, that's kind of a different genre. You may want to do yeah. that if you're doing like a news update. That would be something I would probably script or at least have notes because you want to be precise, time in, time out. You want it to flow at a certain pace. But for a conversation like we're having, there's really very little preparation yeah. and post work, especially in the technical area and in, in terms of editing and your cameras and all that. It's, it's very straightforward. It's turn it on. Let's do the show. And now you have a valuable piece of content both as a standalone, but also through what you can do, you mentioned with cutting it up and sharing it across across social. When I first started my podcast back in April of 2020, and I was doing the editing and booking the guests and doing right. everything, you know, it was taking me six hours an episode because I was, I was, what, 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 this right here, me jumbling over my words, I would have been humiliated and mortified about, and I would have edited that out. But I mm -hmm. do think exactly like what you said, when we have those pauses, those awkward bumbling over our words or us talking over each other, I do think that as the listener, it makes you feel like you're in the room right. with them. Or you can tell when I get excited about one of the things you say, if you're watching it on video. And I, I think that that is an authentic way that people are looking to connect with people online these days, whether again, it's through watching a YouTube video or through listening to a podcast. And, and I don't think somebody looking in on this conversation, like they're watching this on YouTube or whatever, want to see a hundred jump cuts throughout. The, like they're wondering what's being left out. 
They're like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, 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 okay. Like, there's nothing wrong with having a few cuts or, you know, going to a graphic and coming back or whatever, but it's not necessary and it doesn't necessarily enhance the experience for the viewer. With the pressure to create content that's now on on business people, it's all like, how can I get this done efficiently and at a level that people can enjoy? I, I don't know that the extra editing, I'm not knocking editing, but I don't know that it's worth the time for talk show type of content interviews and things like that. It can be, but I don't know that it always is. And I know that when I do a panel show, a weekly panel show, and when I have put that show into the script, right, and then I can edit with the text and I can edit out all the little audio glitches like one of the four people when their microphone goes on you hear their fan or whatever and i can but really it's like four to six hours later between cleaning up the transcript and getting it so perfect the reality is most people are watching it the live stream replay is where most people are watching it yeah the audience on, on the podcast has never said i've never heard back from anybody and go you didn't clean up that or cut out the ahs and ums or whatever, which I've done. I've done that. I don't know that it makes that it makes a difference to the audience. I'm not saying yeah. don't do it. You have to set your own level of what you want for your business and your brand and, and be consistent with what people expect. But I don't feel like my audience for a talk show expects that I'm going to have it perfection from beginning mm-hmm. to end, if that's even possible. Yeah. Yeah. Being gentle to yourself. People are out there wanting just to learn from you and connect with you. And with what you've done with live streaming, it wasn't really like four years ago. Do you remember how we used to get all the notifications from Facebook? Like so-and-so is going live. So-and-so is going live. You missed this live video. Do you think that that was the, the time to really do more live streaming? Or do you think that if someone's like, okay, well, no one's really getting the notifications I'm going live anymore. Should I still go live? Or is it okay for me just to kind of like what we're doing here? Mm-hmm. We're pre-recording this and I will upload it to YouTube later. What do you think is a best practice? Well, I think it depends on your audience, right? If you have a big email list, if you have an active audience, or if you're trying to build an audience for a live show or for the ability to, let's say, engage with your customers, answer questions, things provide people with that personal attention, that experience. Does it really matter how many people get the notification or if you can help one or two people, especially if you're a small business or solopreneur, coach, consultant, you get one client from a live stream, to me, that's a very successful live stream that changes, could change your entire financial outlook of an entire quarter, basically, if you mm-hmm. get a good client from a live stream. I can't remember when exactly, maybe like 2018 or whatever. I went live on a Facebook page that I had not ever gone live on before. I'd never really used it for live streaming. It really wasn't that active a page at all. Very, very small page. But I put out a call to action to schedule a time that I'll meet with anybody who scheduled a time, you know, like a kind of free 15-minute consulting thing or whatever. I ended up with, out of 10 viewers, three calls. 
Now, at that time, I could go live on my profile or my 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 Livestream Universe page. I could probably get a thousand, you know, during the pandemic in the beginning, we were getting like 5,000, 10,000 viewers and stuff like that. There was a time in like 2017, 2018, you'd get big numbers sometimes. But if I didn't put that call to action out or wasn't personal about what I was, the, who I wanted to work with and what I was offering and whatever, I wouldn't get anybody looking to set a call or what. I don't even think I put out that idea. I was so focused on the show, the show, the show. So it all depends on what your goals are. Are you trying to create a show that's going to live with a big audience or are you trying to, you know, help close warm leads? Are you trying mm -hmm. to find that, that first touch point with a potential customer? Because there's so many different ways you can use live streaming. You can take your phone, take people behind the scenes before you speak at a conference. I'll often go live on my phone or record an Instagram story, which is pretty much as close to being live as pre-recorded because you do it in the moment you upload. But a lot of times I'll go live, I'll talk about what I'm going to talk about or what's going on or here, let's take a tour of the, the expo or what have you. So there's a lot of things you can do to bring people along with you. If you're expecting big audiences, it's very difficult. And I don't know that the value in live streaming depends on big audience. It depends on the ability to connect with one person at a time, whether that's 1,000 watching or it's 10 watching. And then the other thing is it's the time to market for creating content. I, I know I've talked about it before, but it really mm -hmm. is the fact that it's done and it's out there. There's no waiting around to edit it. It's alive and people can be watching it and communicating with you and you have a chance to engage with them both while you're live, but also people can comment in the chat and you can go back and answer questions and things like that. But yes, it is much harder to build a large audience. And I see so many people who are talented and I think they have so much to offer and I watch and there's like three people watching the live stream or two people watching the live stream. And that's a Facebook issue. That's not they're not good enough or whatever. You get in those debates all the time. Well, you know, maybe your content isn't. No, I, I've seen these people build with huge audiences at different times for their live streams. I know that Facebook isn't notifying hardly anybody when you go live these days. You're fighting against reach and, and mm -hmm. reach matters because without reach, how does anybody know what you're doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and you said you had 10 people watching. Mm -hmm. which might be like, why would I waste my time for 10 people? But you got three phone calls out of it. So right. while you're live streaming, what tips do you have for the listeners to get people to pick up the phone, to get them to send the email, to get them to reach out to do business with you? Because really that's what moves the needle, right? That's what this is all about is for going live and creating all this content and being a creator is to get the leads. So what tips would you have? It's, yeah, it's one of the things that I help other people with, but I don't always <laughs> do myself. I think the more specific you are, the better. Like, even if it's, hey, I'm I'm creating a course and I want to meet with some people who are interested in taking it and get your thoughts on what you're, you know, what you'd like to learn. Or, you know, hey, I'm looking for 10 people to fill out this course if you're interested here's my calendar. Here's a link to my calendar. Set a time. We'll talk. And, you know, whatever it is like, hey, I, 
I know people who will take a week once a year and they'll do 20 minutes or 30 minutes of free consulting to anybody who signs mm -hmm. up. And when they go live, obviously they're getting sign up after sign up. I, again, it depends on the size of your audience. But if, if you get a few people to sign up and one of them becomes a client, to me, that's a bigger win. There's social media metrics, there's YouTube and live streaming metrics, and then there's mm -hmm. business metrics. At the end of the day, you measure the success not in the number of viewers or the watch time or whatever, but what business goals you accomplished from it. Did your revenue grow? Did you add clients? Did you add signups to your email list, which is then the first step to somebody perhaps becoming a client or buying something? So you, you have to sort of move away from the vanity metrics and the metrics that somebody would use if they were totally just trying to earn money from AdSense and advertising and and the size of their audience. If it's really about your business, then you have to measure it in business metrics. That's how you know, is your business doing better since you've started live streaming? And you can't measure it the first month alone or the second month. This yeah. is a long game. And it, it's, it starts with awareness and it starts with being active on social media to let people know mm -hmm. you're doing a show and they'll see it 10 times before yeah. maybe they tune in. So you have to commit to doing it. I would say the best is to do a show and pick a time, right? But even if you just go live randomly or whatever, you then have to follow up and share yeah. something from it. Because there's a lot of people who have never watched mm -hmm. one of my shows, but know what I'm doing because they see the posts on Instagram or they see the posts on LinkedIn or whatever, and they'll ask me about it and they'll tell me about something that I was doing and want to know about it or whatever. And it's all because I'm putting that stuff out there and it's a lead in. Remember, your brand is more than your show. Your show is one of the ways that you come across as an expert in your field or somebody who's in business. And that's yeah. so valuable because now you're not saying, look at me, I'm great. You're saying, here's something I have to offer. Here's free content, or here's a valuable piece of advice from the show. And sometimes it is just watch my show, but that's okay. Just the fact that you're doing a show that they see you're interviewing leaders in your field is sometimes enough for somebody to go, yeah, when I need somebody to, to work with on social media, I know Katie knows everybody. She's on top of it. Look at all this great stuff she's doing. And they may know you from your podcast. And because you've promoted your podcast, even if they never are actually subscribed or regular listeners or anything like that, and if they're not, they shame should on them, be they right. Should. Exactly. <laughs> As we kind of wrap up today's episode with live streaming, just pressing the button and going live, what platforms have you seen the best results come from? Should we be going live on all of them? Or if we have a community on, on Facebook, or if we've been trying to publish stuff to YouTube, or maybe we're really active on LinkedIn or, or Instagram, what platforms do you think people should live stream to? Wherever you have an audience. What if they don't have an audience? <laughs> if they don't have an audience, I would say YouTube would be my first choice because there's so much discovery on YouTube and YouTube still has a vested interest in getting people to watch videos, yeah. including live streams, because yeah. that's what YouTube does. 
the other platforms video is a part of what they do and live video is a part of what they do with video but youtube is all about video and there's so many ways to monetize there's so many ways to promote on youtube and there's so many ways to be found not only today but the shelf life of your video can can last for years whereas you know if you go live on on most of the platforms you got maybe 24 hours and then after that you've got maybe a week people straggling in and then it, it just doesn't yeah. organize the same way their playlists and so forth and pages but it's not the same as a channel your channel's your it's your portfolio of what you're doing and what you're doing with your business and so forth it's a great first place that a lot of people will come to check out i would say if all things are equal or you don't have an audience anywhere, start building one on YouTube. Well, Ross, this has been an awesome conversation. And I do agree. I go to YouTube and I don't care if a video was from three years ago, as long as the information is answering the question that I've typed into the search bar to look for the answer to. Whereas on Facebook, right. Instagram, LinkedIn, you're not going to really be able to have that searchability, that, that findability as anywhere as, as you can on YouTube. So I 100%. Yeah. People aren't using it yeah. like a search engine like they are YouTube, which is the world's second yeah. biggest search engine. Exactly. Well, Ross, if people haven't had the opportunity to pick up your previous book, not the one that you're working on, but 100 live streaming and digital media predictions, I think I am chapter 30, maybe oh, yeah, 34. Whoosh. Here I am. <laughs> Be sure is. to go check it out. Be sure to pick it Thank up. You. Where can people connect with you other than seeing you live streaming all the time? Okay. That's the thing. I feel like you're constantly live streaming and you're like, no, I post about it. And I talk that about that <laughs> doing it, but I don't live stream all the time, Katie. So where can they connect with you? Right, right. They can connect with me in livestreamuniverse.com. Amazing. That's a website, live stream. Be sure to check out that book. Check out chapter 34 for yours truly. And subscribe to Katie's YouTube channel. <laughs> you, I know. I'm if so you're already close. subscribed and you got a second channel or a second <laughs> email address, subscribe. go ahead. So Click that close. subscribe button. Let's get I know. I'll thousand. get that special email from YouTube saying way to go. <laughs> but yeah, thanks again so much, Ross, for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Check out livestreamuniverse.com. Connect with Ross. If you're going to be at any sort of podcasting event, look for Ross because he's typically there. Yeah, Ross, you're awesome. Thanks again for joining me. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Rocky Mountain Marketing. Make sure to subscribe so that you can continue navigating the world of entrepreneurship. And I'd love to hear from you. Please leave the show a review and connect with me on social media. You can find me on Instagram at I am Katie Brinkley or connect with me on LinkedIn. And if you're ready to start making some sales on social media, be sure to grab my free guide to selling in the DMs without being spammy. You can get that at katiebrinkley.com. Let's keep taking your marketing to all new heights.